You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning. Welcome in on a New Year's Eve. It is The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker and TJ Hushmanzada, the former All-Pro wide receiver, mostly with the Cincinnati Bengals here. Filling in for Dan and the Danettes. And, man, what a show we have for you today. And the uh, I want you to know the compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. And whoa, what a show we do have for you today on this New Year's Eve. Let me welcome in my partner for the day, TJ Hushmanzada, who, of course, has his own radio show here on the weekend on Fox Sports Radio Up On Game and has a great podcast that he kicked me off uh, last year called uh, Lemon Pepper Parlay on the Extra Points Podcast Network. And you can hear me. Monday through Friday on The Odd Couple, Fox Sports Radio, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern with Chris Broussard. Good morning and happy New Year's Eve, TJ. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well, Rob. How are you, man? Get some uh, good football on TV the last couple days, and uh, tonight should be the best, or should I say this afternoon should be the best. Yes. Big games, of course, college football playoffs. We're going to get into that, and... um, what it means for some schools and, and as, as it plays out as the final four are set. And we got the uh, school that uh, some people don't think should be in there, Cincinnati, despite what they did and uh, how that plays out. And, of course, Michigan with the big bounce back year, the win over Ohio State. And, of course, some regulars in Alabama and Georgia. So we'll get all into that. But first, I do want to say that uh, let's welcome in the uh, crew filling in for uh, – Dan and the uh, Danettes today. Bo is our producer. Joel is our engineer. So uh, look forward to working with them as well today. But TJ, let me ask you first, New Year's Eve. Are you a big New Year's Eve guy? I know you're married. You got like nine, ten kids. It's really four, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really four. four. Okay. Yeah, four of us. I know four is like nine or ten nowadays. You know what I mean? People just aren't having kids. But have you always been a big New Year's Eve guy or now or, or yes and back in the day, but no longer? Now, you know what? I've never I, I'm not a drinker. And so see, I was going to say, I didn't think you would be even when you were younger because you don't drink. Yeah. Right No, But, you know, growing up, we would go to Vegas a lot. And that was obviously pre-COVID. So the strip would be packed. Right. We would always just be in Vegas walking up and down the strip all parts of the night. And then as soon as midnight hit, people would just go crazy and have fun. And I was I was just always one of those guys where obviously I'm not drinking. And so when guys are drinking, including my buddies, they just act. So and I'm like, why are they acting like this? Right. This alcohol is unbelievable, right? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, I believe I started going probably when I was 17, 18. None of us or even age to drink because we're all the same age. And so, you know, these dudes are drinking. But, yeah, we would go to Vegas a lot. But being a big celebrator of New Year's Eve, I would say no, but we did celebrate it, so to speak, when you look at it. And obviously when you start playing, we are always playing around uh, New Year's Eve, always fell on a practice or a Saturday or a Sunday, so you couldn't do anything. And now we always have had parties at our house, uh, 
this year we're going to head to uh, Big Bear. I've never been to Big Bear, been in California my entire life. And so as soon as I finish this show, we're going to hit the road and go to Big Bear and uh, get in the snow. And then bring in the new year up there, which is cool. As a guy who grew up in New York City, I want you to know most New Yorkers uh, have never been to the ball drop. That's for tourists. You know, I've never I grew up in New York, right? I never went to the ball drop in Times Square ever. Really? Like the idea of standing out for seven hours where you can't use the bathroom. <laughs> and it's and cold. It's cold. Remember, it's January in New York and in California. And and you're squished up. So I never did that. But I do want to say I was, you know, in my early days when I was young, TJ in my twenties, and I was a sports writer. Covering baseball, man, the hottest thing I did was two years in a row, Daryl Strawberry and Eric Davis. This is back in the 90s, right? They were the biggest stars, of, two of the biggest stars in baseball. They used to have a New Year's Eve party in Los Angeles at the LAX Marriott. It was an awesome parties, and I would go to that, and, and everybody would be dressed to the nines. Uh, I can remember meeting Wesley Snipes there. Can you imagine in the 90s? You know what I mean? He was still becoming big or whatever. There would be movie actors, all kinds of people. And it was great because it was in the hotel. So you didn't have to go anywhere, worry about driving, you know what I mean, or any issues. But I used to do it up, and now I'm just an old fat sports writer, and I don't do anything. So, Yeah, it's uh, people that know me. Like, we, we would have, I guess, I did celebrate New Year's. Eat pretty much all the time then. Now that I sit here and think about it, Rob, we would always have parties at our house. See, you did celebrate it. Yeah, yeah you're having parties more, and people over. Yeah, we'd have probably whew, 30 people at our home. And I remember one, y'all never forget this, man. Um, a friend of mine told somebody that I know, but we're really not friends. Right. And he comes to my house. Like un- uninvited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's... I, I, I knew him, so I, I didn't kick him out. I let him stay. And he was drinking and he passed out and everybody started to leave. True story. Everybody started to leave. And so I woke him up. I'm like, bro, you got to go. You got to go. Everybody else don't have to go. Right. There were, there were people that told me, hey, I'm going to stay tonight. I'm like, fine, fine, fine. We have extra rooms. You can stay. I felt bad. I made him leave. I'm like, right. bro, I got, I got three daughters. Um, right. I don't know you like that. There's no way you sleeping in my house. You're not spending you, the night. Right. right. You got to go. I put him out. I, but you know what? First of all, you should never show up to anybody's house. He anybody. did, though. I let, right. I let him show up. He, you know, he had fun. He was able to eat because we would always uh, have But you can't uh, drink food. and then pass out, though, at your house, right? That's not a, nah, that's not a good look. Nah, nah, nah. Not when I got three daughters in my house, buddy. You not, no uh, doubt. Nah, that's not happening. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, the uh, passing out... Or uh, maybe uh, being kicked out. Let's talk about the college football playoffs. And I know you love college football. And I think, this is my feeling, that the powers that be want Cincinnati to get its butt kicked today. And this is so that they can tell everybody, see, we told you they don't belong they can go back to, to their Power 5 schools that they want to be involved in this. Am I right or wrong, TJ, that they, you know, they're double-digit. They're 14-and-a-half-point underdogs, right? Uh, uh, so they're expected to get beat up by Alabama. What do you think? Am I, am I bugging or, or am I right? I was uh, – no, you're, you're right about, I believe – 
the powers that be, they want Cincinnati to get ran through. Right. And, and the, the reason I think they go undefeated, and you're still the fourth seed. <laughs> right, like, right. It's like, how are we the fourth seed, and we went undefeated, and we beat Notre Dame, who's ranked number five. How, how does that happen on the road? And not only did we beat them, we beat them pretty handily. I, I just feel like Cincinnati's going to play a better game than people expect them or are going to give them credit for. I really do. This team is led by a ton of upperclassmen, and maybe they don't belong, but they're going to show that they can play with Alabama. I truly believe that it's going to be a competitive game. Just Alabama has so much depth. If Desmond Ritter can avoid the big turnover, I believe we're going to see a competitive game. You don't play the way Cincinnati has played the last two years. I don't care who you play and win as many games as they've won and just going to get ran off the field against Alabama. It's not going to happen as long as they can avoid the turnover. Desmond Ritter and guys not fumbling the ball. I believe we are going to see a competitive game because in the secondary, I'm so eager why, to so see. So why is it spread 13 and a half? You really, when you say competitive, is are they, they're going to cover the spread? They're going to lose by two or three to Alabama or, or five points? Or what are you saying? When, when, because when, I, when I say competitive, Rob, I believe we'll get into the fourth quarter and we're not going to be like, oh, let me turn this and find something else to watch until uh, Michigan and Georgia starts. I think it will be a game that will keep our interest until the fourth quarter. I just feel like like in the secondary, Cincinnati can match up with Alabama's receivers. Cincinnati has corners that are going to be drafted fairly high in the NFL draft. They can match up. What I don't know is how are they going to match up up front? I don't I don't know how they're going to match up up front. Are they going to be able to slow this run game down? But I know Desmond Ritter is a mobile quarterback with a good arm. He actually came out here in the summer. And this is probably why I'm very optimistic in, in I, work. I, I was going to say, you you are optimistic. Uh, there's a reason they're playing the matinee, too, against Alabama at 12.30. <laughs> and it's Alabama. Time, huh? 3.30. Right. You know, I mean, th- there's a reason because they don't think it's, you know, th- they think that Georgia-Michigan, right, the uh, 7.30 p.m. game Eastern, the uh, Capital One Orange Bowl is going to be the more competitive and the game that people want to see because you would say, well, why aren't you – showing Alabama because they don't think it's going to be a game. But go ahead. I, I, I know you played in Cincinnati. You got a soft spot for the, the Queen City. I lived there. I worked there at the Cincinnati Enquirer, so I got it. But, but you got to give me more on why you think this is going to be a game. It's, and it's also, you know, being like this past summer, obviously we work with guys and with COVID and – you don't know what's going on. And some of their players, were they got out here and, and they came out here on their own and they were training. I just felt like watching them, they were making a decision to be great. And Desmond Ritter was one of them. Nice arm, can really run. Their cornerback, Amai Gardner, he's going to be a high draft pick. He's going to match up with – uh. Those receivers from Alabama, I'm just eager to see. I, I don't I don't believe we'll see um, a blowout. Like, they got a tight end, Josh Wild. He can play, bro. He, he can play at any school in the country. 
he can flat out play. Big dude can run, can run routes. And, and so I'm just eager to see how these dudes match up. Will the stage will the stage be too big? And and if they do get blown out, okay, I'm just if they get blown out, I wish I could come back and say I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But if they get blown out, this will be the powers to be. This will be their trump card. Am I right? The next time a smaller school, not one of the blue bloods, has a good season, they'll say, "See, we gave Cincinnati a chance." Look at what happened. It wasn't even even though we've seen blowouts, and you got to admit this, TJ, with the big schools and some of the college football playoffs, right? I mean, we've seen blowout games. So it sometimes it seems like one school's ready, the other school's not. And now uh, let's go to the other game, the Michigan Georgia game. Who do you like in this game? Because the last time I think me and you did Dan Patrick. You went to the high heavens and said Michigan wasn't going to beat Ohio State. You remember that, TJ? I, you just did not believe. Man, oh, you know what? In Michigan. I, oh, I, I did go to the high heavens and say that. And now that you brought that up, it was a caller that I told him. I said, yes. man, if, man, that caller got to reach out. I got to uh, find a way to pay for that man dinner because I got to be a right. man of mine. You bet him dinner. You said like I didn't no bet way. him dinner, but I just told him if Michigan wins, I owe you dinner. So I, yes. I want to pay for his dinner straight up and down. All right. So whoever hopefully that was. He's, yes, hopefully he's listening. I do remember that, and I'm going to pay for your dinner. Okay. But tell me about this Michigan-Georgia matchup. Uh, you know, to me – uh, Michigan, finally, Jim Harbaugh paid off. You know, a lot of disappointment at Michigan, losing to the rivals, you know, Michigan State, and getting, you know, losing the first five mat, uh, matchups with Ohio State. But they finally beat Ohio State. They're in the college football playoff. Who do you like in this game and why? Man, it, I'll be honest. Like, I think this is going to be a competitive game because – of Har- Harbaugh's a really good coach, man. Like, if you just look at what he did at Stanford, and now look at Stanford now. Oh, he leaves Stanford, he goes to the Niners. What he did with the Niners. The Niners haven't been nowhere near as good since he left, even though. They did Shan- go back to the Super Bowl. You got to give but them that. They, they haven't had the consistency. No, I, I get it. He met the, and, and, he went to the th- NFC Championship game, what, three years in a row? Yeah, and, and they lose in the Super Bowl as well. I, I just look at Harbaugh and say, man, he's done a good job recruiting. He has that team playing really well. And then I have to put in, but. What's the big to, but? Here we go, because the, the big they're still is, seven and a half point underdogs in this game against Georgia. Both teams come in uh, with a record of 12 and one. Michigan is ranked number two. Georgia ranked number three. So what's the big but? The big but is Michigan hangs their hat on the run game. You're not running the ball on Georgia. So what are they going to do then? They're going to you think they'll they can't totally abandon the run, even though respect Georgia. Uh, his ability to stop the run, but what are you going to do, TJ, if, if that's what your bread and butter was? And you saw they ran the ball down Ohio State's throat, right, in that big win Every, everybody that changed ran the everything ball. for Michigan. Everybody ball, ran the ball down Ohio State's throat for the most part, at least in their losses, Ohio State's losses. You, if you're Michigan, you got to come out and do what you do, and that's run the ball. If you cannot, which I don't believe they will effectively – Obviously, you're going to have to switch it up and start throwing the ball. 
can K McNamara make those throws? Can those receivers get open? And if they cannot, if he can't make the throws, do you bring in J.J. McCarthy because he is mobile and, and that gives a different look for the defense? I just feel like that front seven of Georgia, they that's one thing they do. They stop the run. Do they adopt the Alabama um, game plan and say, we're going to take shots down the field? You're going to play all this, man. We're going to take shots down the field and, and see if our receivers can beat your corners. But I believe they need to come out and do what they do best. I just don't believe they're going to be effective doing it, not against that Georgia front seven. The only thing that concerns me is Stetson Bennett being a quarterback for Georgia, not JT Daniels. That's my only concern. All right, our telephone number, we want to hear from you on the Dan Patrick Show, 877-996-6369, on Fox. The big college football playoff today. Who do you have? You got Bama. You got Cincy, you got Michigan, you got Georgia, and does the, do the powers that be want Cincinnati to get blown out? Um, we want to hear from you on that. And Michigan, if they lose to Georgia, will it be still a great season because they made it to the college football playoff, or will your panties be in a bunch and will you be mad uh, that they did lose to Georgia? After all, they're the number two ranked team, but uh, – underdogs in this game all right it is the dan patrick show rob parker tj hushmanzada filling in for dan and the danettes stick and stay america thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine to noon eastern or six to nine pacific on fox sports radio find your local station for the dan patrick show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching fsr Or stream us live on the Peacock app. It is the Dan Patrick Show on a New Year's Eve here on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker and the former wide receiver TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Our telephone number 877-996-6369, 877-99 on Fox. Talking to college football playoff semifinals, of course, uh, Later on today, 3.30 start Eastern, um, Cincinnati against Alabama. And then uh, 7.30 in the nightcap, it is Georgia and Michigan. And we want to hear from you. Who has the most to lose or to gain from this? What if Cincinnati upsets Alabama? Uh, TJ, that would throw people in the in – uh, that, would, that would be a shakeup. Yes, and then all of a sudden, they would have to open up the powers that be about the smaller schools, right, if, if they were to do that. And if Cincinnati gets trounced, then they'll say, see, we told you so. We want to hear from you, 877-99 on Fox. We got David in West Virginia. You're on the air, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Rob, TJ, good morning. How you guys doing? Doing Going great. Well, Happy Dave. New How Year you, to bro? you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Rob, you got a birthday coming up. Happy birthday, man. Thank you. January 10th, my man. God is good. I'm feeling good. Thank you. Hey, it will be a shakeup, but uh, that's not going to happen, boys. Um, I don't think it matters <laughs> what the powers to be won. Um, Alabama's going to roll in this one. You can take them and lay the points. Um, Georgia, second-ranked total defense in the country. Everybody's talking about the pass defense and how it can match up for Cincinnati, keep them in the game. I just don't see it. Um, Michigan and Georgia, I think that game might be a little bit closer, but I think we're going to have an all-SEC uh, final. So I, I, 
I don't disagree. I'm actually going to lay some shekels on both uh, both uh, Georgia and Alabama, TJ. I, I'm with him. I mean, that's I'm really, easy. I, I know. It's easy to say that. I, I just feel it's So you very, think there's going to be an upset? One of these schools is going to upset one of these I, others. If, if it's an upset, I'm going to go with the biggest underdog. You got Cincinnati beating Alabama. I, I didn't say I have them beating them. I said if there will be an upset, okay. that will be, it will be I, that I, one. Yeah, again, I say this, the fact that Stetson Bennett, they believe Stetson Bennett gives them a better chance over JT Daniels. I don't know. And, and this is why Kirby Smart, he, he he can't seem to win a big game. You you start Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, Justin Fields. I just don't know what they think at Georgia about quarterback play, and they just play it like if I'm a quarterback, I don't know if I'm going to Georgia. Right. Like, I I don't know, like – you got Justin Fields and you play Jake Fromm over him because he's not going to make the mistake, but he's not going to make the play either. Right, right. And, there's, and so, there's, a, there's a difference between the two, right? I, it's, I understand playing safe, but sometimes you need a guy to make a play for you. These defensive head coaches, and I believe Nick Saban was like that at one point in time, and he was like, I got all these um, athletes. Let me open this offense up and use these Ferraris. And since they've started to open up that offense, look at them. But they used to be a two-yard in the cloud of dust offense. No doubt. 877-99 on Fox. We got Dick in Florida. You're on the air, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Good morning. Happy New Year's Eve, Dick. Yes, how happy are you? Happy New Year's Eve to you guys. And happy, happy coming up birthday. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it. Hey, listen. Um, just so we're clear here, okay, I'm a basketball guy. Uh, my last name is Packer, which – might be synonymous to you guys in terms of uh, NCAA Final Fours. I know Billy yeah, Packer. Billy go ahead. Packer. Okay, there you go. Okay, so I'm his younger brother. Okay, I ran the ABA for a number of years. But since you guys are talking football and it's football <laughs> season, yes. let me give due where due is good, okay? Taking nothing away from Cincinnati. They had a marvelous year. As both of you guys know, going undefeated is no small pass no right. matter who you're playing. No okay? doubt. Now, that being said, okay, we get to Uh-oh. the end of the year and we got to pick the teams that are playing for the national title. All right, so you're in the room and you got two teams that you're looking at. And here's, the, here's their profile. One team, okay, has played five of its 12 games against top 20 ranked teams. The other team has played one. Both teams, both teams have two common opponents. Team B that played one top 20 team won those combined games by 22 points. Okay. Team, team A won both of those games by a combined 97 points. So you're saying Cincinnati's getting killed. Is that what you're trying to tell us? What I'm saying is... Which of those two teams on paper after the season deserve to be in a championship game? We got, no, we got it. We got it. On paper. But, but let's say this. And, TJ, we appreciate the call. TJ, you know this. We understand paper. But games are played on the field. We've seen upsets. Let's not act like we've never seen teams that had no business winning win, right? And we have. It happens all the time. All the time. All the time. And you go, oh, my God, I can't believe so-and-so won. Like, like you just can't believe it. 
And, and, so and it's Cincinnati has NFL talent on their team. They don't have it like Alabama. They don't have the tradition that Alabama right. has. But the, Cincinnati's starting running back. He started at Alabama and transferred to Cincinnati. Right. And so he's so a big time player. He he had the pedigree coming out of high school. Alabama's obviously the favorite. This is Alabama's going to be the. It don't matter who Alabama's playing. They're the favorite. All right. Let's now welcome in to the Dan Patrick Show our guest Anthony Tresh. Uh, he is a senior college football writer at uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, his uh, Twitter is at PFF underscore Anthony. Anthony Tresh, uh, welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing man, great. We're doing Happy good. New Year's Eve to you. Yeah, likewise, fellas. Happy college football playoffs, right? It's the yes. best day of the year, in my opinion. Hey, hey, Anthony, here we go. We just were talking about Cincinnati and Alabama. Do the powers that be in college football want Cincinnati to get their butts kicked? so that they could say, okay, we gave them a shot, look what happened, we can get back to business as usual? You know, I, I think this year it might be a little bit different just because there is a, you know, an underdog story to it. I mean, if Cincinnati were to beat Alabama, I would say that's probably the greatest upset um, and one of the best upsets we've ever seen in college football, right? And I do think that, you know, I, the powers that be, I think they'd be fine with that. Obviously, Alabama, I do think, would probably get more ratings, but I don't think they would see a dip by any means, if Cincinnati were to win, um, you know, I think it would be a good thing for the sport overall. And I think that would draw more, I would say, more of the unexpected eyeballs. You know, the fans that maybe see the national championship game, say Georgia wins, and, you know, they see Alabama like, oh, it's the SEC championship again. Um, you know, it's the same old story every year. But maybe you get Cincinnati in there, kind of changes opinions there. So I, I don't think they would be, you know, too upset with it. But definitely Alabama would, of course, be the ultimate moneymaker. Anthony, when you when you look at these games and everybody assumes Alabama is going to trounce Cincinnati, you work at Pro Football Focus, you guys really analyze and break down the games differently than a lot of people and break down the players. Will Cincinnati be competitive? And and I know the corners that Cincinnati have that they can slow Alabama down. How do you see foresee that matchup going? Yeah, I will say I'm a little bit of a contrarian on this one. I mean, a lot of analysts across the industry and even our own model here at PSF, you know, thinks, you know, Alabama's going to beat Cincinnati handedly. They're going to cover the 13.5-point spread. For me, I think it's going to be a lot closer. I really do think Cincinnati has, you know, a chance to be really competitive in this game. I think they even have a chance to win. Um, wow. You know, it's just really good. I told you. Wow. I told so you. So, Anthony, you're telling me not to put my shekels down on Alabama? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, I would not. I would be very nervous to do so. I mean, it, the two games that really stand out to me for Alabama, I know they played great against Georgia. Bryce Young played phenomenally. I think he won the Heisman in that game. You go back to the LSU and the Auburn games for Alabama. Those are two games they almost lost. LSU had the ball at midfield down six points with just you know seconds remaining with a chance to win the game outright and couldn't come out with the win. Auburn should have won that game. They kind of choked it away, and Bryce Young, he had his Heisman moment there with that big drive down the field to kind of get them there. Um, you know, the, the, the two big things in that one, LSU and Auburn, they got pressure on Bryce Young a lot. And they did it in different ways. LSU, 
they pretty much brought the heat. They blitzed on about 50% of the dropbacks, overloaded the line, and they got after the quarterback, and Bryce Young couldn't make any plays. Auburn, they just beat them up with their front four, had a bunch of stunts in there, had some creepers as well that really confused the Auburn, or the Alabama offensive line. And that's really been the story of the whole season. This Alabama offensive line has not been up to their standards. Um, even against Georgia, they let a pressure, um, you know, about above about I think 35% of Bryce Young's dropbacks, which is a really high rate. Um, and Bryce Young, he just managed to make no mistakes, made some plays off structure, and then when he had a clean pocket, he absolutely shredded. Now, performance in a pressure pot, you know, pressured scenarios isn't stable, right? And even Bryce Young, who I think is the best quarterback in the country in making plays when knocked off rhythm, he can even struggle, like we saw against Auburn and against LSU. The Cincinnati defense. You know, they play a lot of man-to-man. Like you said, the, the cornerbacks are phenomenal. I think, you know, while Kobe Bryant, he has been good this year. He won the Thorpe Award. I think Sauce Gardner is having the best season we've ever seen from a defensive back, at least in the PFF college era, and that's going back to 2014. Just 117 yards allowed in 13 games a season, and he's doing that playing on an island, playing a lot hey, of Rob, did you covers. hear that? 117 yards in 13 games. It's I two- heard it. <laughs> I did hear it. Our guest is Anthony Tresh. He is the uh, senior college football analyst for Pro Football Focus here on the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's talk about the uh, nightcap in this college football playoff, Michigan and Georgia. Georgia's seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Where are you on this game? How big is this for Jim Harbaugh, or or has he done enough this year regardless, even if they lose, because uh, it was a bad ride in Ann Arbor. They finally get to the college football playoff, which is why they brought Jim Harbaugh back home to his alma mater, who do you like in this game, Anthony? Yeah, I think Michigan's going to keep this one really close. I'm still going to pick Georgia, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring, close game. And I think Jim Harbaugh, regardless of the outcome, I think he's more than proved himself this year. I mean, no team in the CFP era has gone from unranked in the preseason to the college football playoff. They've improved their power ranking in PFS database more than any other team in college football since week zero. Um, so I think he's pretty much proved himself, but of course, he wants that national title. And they do have a chance to get there. I would not be surprised if they ended up winning this game. I think the big key for me, um, you know, definitely offensively for Michigan, they're going to have to keep doing what they've done all year, and it's really the trick plays, right? No team has been more successful you know, generating success on trick plays this year than Michigan in college football. I think their run game is going to get shut down because Georgia's defense is phenomenal. It's just absolutely phenomenal up front. That front seven is disciplined, where they're well schemed, well coached. You know, technically refined, and they're the most athletic defensive front in college football. Um, I think they're going to so, so have Anthony, no issues really. Let me ask you this: So does Michigan just abandon the run and go like we can't run, or you can't do that? You got to still try, don't you? Oh, yeah, they're they're definitely going to try. They're definitely going to try. I just don't think it's going to work, and they're going to have to get success off that strict plays. And then defensively, they're going to have to be very disciplined because this Georgia team, they like to do a lot of early down play action out of heavy personnel. And Michigan really hasn't been the best defense defending play action. Those linebackers, they like to bite on that, and it opens up plays downfield. We saw that against Nebraska when they – just squeaked out a few-point victory on the road midseason. I think that's something to key in. If they can be disciplined and really get Stetson Bennett into those obvious passing situations, get him to third and long, like Alabama did. And what they did was, you know, the Crimson Tide, they brought a lot of mug looks to him, right? And they really confused him and confused that Georgia offensive line because that Georgia offensive line, they don't get a lot of true pass sets, right? A lot of play action, like I said. And you get some RPO concepts as well when they're in that 11 personnel and early down. And so they're seeing, you know, true pass it maybe 30% of the time, one of the lowest in the power five. So if they can get that and get Aiden Hutchinson 
right? Let him cook on those obvious passing situations. Get those linebackers, get creative in the pass rush. I think that's when you have an opportunity to create turnovers like Alabama did and really get yourself out top. So the big thing there, you know, like I said, offensively, you're going to have to have success on trick plays because I do not see any big breakaway runs being generated here. Um, and then, of course, defensively, stay disciplined against that early down play action and don't let Georgia get out to a big lead. Hey, Kyle, are you just sitting around all day watching film when you guys compile this at Pro Football Focus? Is this what you guys do is just constantly watch film? And have you guys ever had any messages or calls saying, hey, this was his responsibility on this play? I believe you guys might be wrong when you guys analyze it this way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, you know, many, many, many people watching all this film and you know, the big thing, we're, we're uh, contracted out to all 32 NFL teams, every single Power 5 program. We, you know, we look at the all 22 angles and look and break down every single play, you know, inside and out. Anything you can think of is compiled into our database, and we synchronize the data with the coaches' film, and that's really what the coaches like about our database. And every once in a while, we will de- definitely have communication with the teams, and they're looking at the data, like, you know, saying, you know, maybe this touchdown wasn't on this guy. And, and there's a bunch of review processes that really go into it, right? And so it's all about kind of just, you know, marrying the tape with the data and making sure everything's correct. That's why we go through several review processes with that. And every once in a while, we will hear from coaches that say, you know, this is actually what his his role was on this play. We'll go back and look at it and we see, yeah, we, we see what you mean there and we'll go ahead and change that form. So there is, you know, some, some aspects of that, but I mean, we are working with the most accurate database in college football and that's why yeah, every team is looking at it and they, they use it every single day. So we, we do break this down and, you know, like I said, it's really easy to, you know, the big thing and I think a, a tough thing that a lot of people can't wrap their heads around when thinking PFF and all this data is, you know, how, how do they have time to, you know, watch all this data and all this, you know, get all this data and watch all this film? Um, and like I said, it's just in our databases, anything you could possibly think of. If you, if you wanted to see Cade McNamara on third down under pressure and third and seven and plus, you can pull that up and instantly get all the tape with it. And instead of, you know, back in the day, cutting up the film, cutting up the tape, we don't have to do that anymore. The database provides that. So that's why we can burn through and review oh. this, you know, these games quick. All right, Anthony Tresh, last thing. Give us uh, – we got 30 seconds. Who's going to win these two games? And then give me – who's going to be the national champion this year? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Alabama and Georgia. But, like I said, I would not be surprised at all if Michigan or Cincinnati won. I, I am in the different camp. Of those two, who do you give a better time. chance to? Of those two underdogs, which one do you give a better chance of, of winning? Ooh, I, I, I want to say equal, but you're going to make me pick one. So no, pick I need you to pick. We don't do equal. equal here on the Dan Patrick Show. <laughs> no, no. You got to pick a side. No straddling yes. fence. All right. I, I will go with Alabama and Georgia. Georgia to win the natty. But like I said, I'm not going to be surprised if Cincinnati or Michigan pulls out an upset. I think they're both very good teams and can knock off the SEC. All so. right. All right. There he is. Anthony Tresh from Pro Football Focus. We appreciate you. Happy New Year. Uh, and uh, good watching today. Everybody will be watching the college football playoffs. Thanks, Anthony. All right, coming up on the Dan Patrick Show, Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field. That's right. It could be. It looks like it will be. And guess what, TJ? It should have been a year ago. (laughs) 
Pittsburgh made a big mistake bringing him back. We'll talk about that and much more. It is the Dan Patrick Show. Rob Parker, TJ Houshmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes right here on Fox Sports Radio. Stick and stay, America. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Dan Patrick Show on a New Year's Eve. Rob Parker and TJ Houshmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes here on Fox Sports Radio. And uh, TJ, let's talk about Big Ben Roethlisberger, who uh, could be playing his final game at Heinz Field in his 18-year career. They have a Monday night tilt, a big game, uh, Monday night against the Browns. And uh, this is his 18th season, 39 years old. He's had a tremendous career. Nobody's trying to poo-poo what he's done. Fifth most passing yards in the NFL. Uh, Went to the Super Bowl a couple times, right? I mean, we got to give him credit for all that. But I think that Pittsburgh really, they knew he was not good. Even last year, TJ, when they were like, they were the worst 9-0 and team we had ever seen. You remember? They were winning games, but they weren't playing that well, and then they got beat in the playoffs by the Browns. Um, do you think, Ben, this is it for Ben, or is any way in hell, if I could use that word, he'll be back playing in the National Football League? No, nah, I think it's a wrap. Big Ben has had – he's had a fantastic career, man. Um, but last year – they limp to the finish line, and obviously they, they get eliminated by the Browns. But in that game against the Browns, it was just he looked washed. He looked like he was done. And I felt like he felt like, and the team also felt like, if he changed up some things and changed his diet and lost some weight, that he could possibly play another couple years. And so they gave it a go this year. I just believe – the beating yourself up over the course of his career, you wasn't able to, you couldn't undo all of that in just one off season. It, it, you just need so much more time. And, and so it's remarkable. Number one, I believe big Ben, I could be wrong. I believe he was drafted in Oh four. And, and so he's had a long ride. It, it's very no, rare. Uh, you see 18 years is a, is a, is a very long ride. No, no doubt about it. It's very rare. You see a quarterback, or just a player in general play that long for one team and start all those years in a row. And and so he's accomplished what many will never accomplish. The end comes for everybody. His has come later than a lot of guys, but I, I believe the way he abused himself. And when I say abused himself, it was well known. He he ate what he wanted to eat. He trained how he wanted to train, but he was somewhat athletic. He was big. He had a good arm, and he was 
Big Ben, you know how many times I see Big Ben like, oh, we got the game one, and he throws a, a go route, receivers covered, and it just the ball just falls right into his hands, like perfect throw. But, or but he'll those, scramble. Like, Big Ben has been a hell of a player for a long time. Right. He won the Super Bowl, two Super Bowls, been the three. They lost to the Packers, right? Uh, what was that, 2010? Is that what, what the year it was? Yes. The one that they lost, 2010. But but they went in 2005 uh, and 2008. But this is, I, I guess, I thought Pittsburgh just mishandled it. They weren't prepared for him. Uh, and bringing him back this year, I, I didn't understand it. I, I really didn't. I thought it was pretty obvious he wasn't good last year. And they didn't have a plan. They brought Haskins in, but it doesn't seem like he's ready or they have any confidence in him. Uh, Mason Rudolph, you know, again, I, I don't think he's the quarterback of the future. So this year, Pittsburgh might have been better if they had a better quarterback. Or what about Minshew if they had made a deal for him or – some situation like that, a stopgap. I just, I, I just thought Big Ben last year was tapped out. I, once you bring Big Ben back, you're not going to bench him. No, I guess, you're, right? You're, you're not going to bench him. So bringing him in, they're, they're not going to do Big Ben like that. That's one thing that you – But, but you get, when you say do him like that, like, like everybody, your time comes at some point. Right, but TJ, they was I, I know you can't live in the past. I understand. I, you know, the one thing – I don't agree with Bill Belichick and his cheating, but the one thing I do agree is his philosophy – of you're better off letting somebody go a year, one year early than one than a year too late. You don't agree come, with that? And that, let's be honest, that that hasn't always worked out for Bill Belichick. And people <laughs> give him credit. Oh, he lets him go a year early than a year. For the most part, that's always backfired on him to where the player he look at Chandler Jones. Was it when was his last year with the Patriots? Oh, he he been balling every year that he's left the Patriots. He didn't want to. He didn't want to pay him. You look at Judon. They let Judon go. He goes away. He. I mean, not Judon. I'm sorry, Trey Flowers. He leaves. He plays well. Like that philosophy that Bill does, people can't mimic it. You, you the Steelers still had a chance this year. You really year. thought they had a chance this year with and, and, Big Ben playing the way he looks like the no, team man. No, I'm can't saying move. when you look at that division. The, the way it's been, it looked like Baltimore had a Look stranglehold the, on it. And right, they, and they, the younger quarterbacks are all better than him. Yes, yes. This, the Steelers don't have a succession plan. That's the biggest problem. Where do they go from here? That's all the right. problem. Uh, they, you know what? Right now, I think I'd take Uncle Ben over Big Ben. All right, it is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker, TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Dan and the Danettes. And uh, our number two of the program's coming up. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson. What should Seattle do with the quarterback? Stick and stay right here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> 